0: hello and welcome to the horizon church podcast we exist to see lives transformed through jesus and are located in the heart of surrey bc canada to find out more visit us at horizonchurch.ca we hope this message blesses and inspires you welcome to resurrection sunday the first time we've been able to gather like this on an easter since 2019 Hope you feel right at home, whether you're in the room or you're in Princeton or you're online. Our Princeton campus uh, has been through heat domes, has been through floods, and uh, they needed some a little pick-me-up. And so, in the Easter weekend, Gen and Praxis, our campus pastors, there organized a Easter egg hunt for the for the, the kids of the town. About 90 kids. Uh, you might, that's that's a lot of kids in Princeton. It's a lot of kids anywhere, but in Princeton, and I think over like 250 people as well were just out there. Just a wonderful time. Yeah, well done. And... uh, and that happened because of your generosity. Horizon uh, cooperated and collaborated with uh, other uh, people in the town. But we, we just wanted to serve the community and let them know uh, that there's a church that sees them, that there's a God who loves them, and that the best days are still to come for them and their lives because of Jesus. We're so grateful for Easter Sunday. It's probably one of the, not probably, it's one of the high Sundays of, 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 of Christ followers. Uh, I can uh, remember—is—is Christmas more important or is Easter? Like, they kind of go together. It's a package deal. Like, I know some of you are more pumped about Christmas because you get a load of presents, but some—if you're still—if you're an adult and you're a part of my family, you still get an Easter basket for some reason. And I still take my parent tithe off of it. We're grateful for Jesus. We're grateful that he came and came to give us life and life to the full. We're grateful that he went to the cross and paid the price for our sin. We're grateful that he died to pay for that sin, the past, the past. Thank you that we can leave the past behind because of Jesus for our present when we're still messing up and for our future when we're gonna blow it tomorrow. So grateful for the resurrecting Jesus who broke the power of hell, death, and the grave. I can just preach right now. Maybe I will. (laughs) Resurrection Sunday means that there's power available for you to do what was once impossible for you. That's the message of, of Easter, that because of heaven came down, Jesus died, buried, and rose again. The impossible becomes possible. Up to that point, death had the final say. But because of Jesus, it does not have the final word. The scripture that we often say here on Easter is Romans 8 and verse 11. I think it's going to go on the screen. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The spirit or the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you if you're a follower of Jesus. In other words, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. I thought it was cool. (laughs) See, Easter is not just meant to be something that we read about. It's meant to be experienced. The power of God becomes available to you. That means that Easter is not just about coming to church on Sunday, though if you're here, you're most welcome. And if it's been three years, you're most welcome. If you were here last Sunday, you're most welcome. If you're online and you're wondering, who is this guy? You're still welcome. Easter is not just meant to be a family dinner time, although it is that. Some moms are waiting. Be done on time, Pastor. It's not meant to just be a church servant. It's meant to be something that you and I can experience personally. The same spirit or the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Then it goes on to say this. We're not just meant to celebrate Easter, but also to experience it. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. In other words, areas that have been long dead, dreams that have been long gone, hope that has been so deferred, the hope of the gospel is that Jesus was raised from the dead and the impossible becomes possible. The spirit of God comes and is available to you and I. Easter is this incredible moment where we are reminded that with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, we can experience, it's available to us, that Jesus, who could not be defeated by death, defeats what has been defeating you. God intended that Easter power would come into the dead areas of our life and cause them to come alive. God intended that by Easter power, he would come into the dark areas of our life and bring his light He intended that we would experience, somebody say experience, experience experience Easter power, not just read about it, but that the darkness is and would continually and increasingly be dispelled. I'm going to turn to Luke 24, going to skip my way through there. Don't worry, the people uh, that are doing the slides, they're, they're not there. It's okay. I could picture them scrambling right now. On the very first day of the week, very early in the morning, somebody say, it's morning. Morning. It was dark, but the night is over. The The women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, I think you would be wondering too. Suddenly, so much of an understatement. Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them... Why, the angels, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how we told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. Skipping down to verse 36. While the disciples were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you, or be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Just suddenly appeared. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them. So they're still not believing. They gave him a piece of broiled fish. Oh, he said, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to bring life. We thank you that you came into our darkness with your light. We thank you you came into our dead areas of our life and have caused us and made available to us life. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray that you would open our eyes and open our ears, whether we were hearing this story for the 50th time or the 80th time or the very first time, that our ears would be open to hear what you're saying to us afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. Are there any people who have nightmares in the room? Had nightmares when you were a child? You notice something about them. They're called nightmares. You never hear of someone saying, wow, I had a terrible daymare. I couldn't believe it. I woke up, I saw everything that nothing. No, it doesn't happen. What makes a nightmare scary is you wake up and it's dark and you think what you were just dreaming about might actually be real. I used to have nightmares regularly. I don't know why, but I did. I would dream. I... It wasn't because I watched TV. Believe you me. Where I grew up, we had a TV about this big, and it had three channels that if you twisted the antenna just right, you might get Como Channel 4 from Spokane through the snow. So it wasn't because of that. I don't know why I would have nightmares. And often I would wake up and so afraid because of the darkness and afraid of what might be out there, whether the the witch that I was dreaming about was looking in the window right above me cover myself with a blanket, because you could never see somebody in a blanket, and run out of the room because of the darkness. Darkness, have you ever experienced it when you're sitting in your house, and it's usually before something really, really important, and the lights go out, or the power goes off, or when you're out camping, and you turn off the lights, and it's so dark, and all you see is the stars. Who turned out the lights? Generally, darkness is associated with things that are evil and sinister. Death is always described that way. Darkness came. It's always the bad guys in the movie who dress to symbolize the dark deeds. Darth Vader. I was going to do the thing, but I couldn't remember it. It was going to be bad. Darth Vader in Star Wars. Or if you haven't ever watched Lord of the Rings, The Dark Land of Mordor, Mordor, I'm going to get it right. Darkness, darkness. On a dark night some years ago, the lights went out in New York City. They went out for an extended period of time, a huge power failure. The whole city was practically plunged into darkness. It had happened before, but it had never happened for this long and for this great of an area. And by the second night, still without power and lights, people started looting, smashing shop windows, walking away with TV sets and toaster ovens and stereo systems. I don't know why toaster ovens, but whatever. they (laughs) You're stealing a toaster oven? All that effort. I went to jail. What are you in here for? Toaster oven. Okay. I don't know where these things come from, but whatever they could lay their hands on in a dark Businesses were practically destroyed, not by hardened criminals, but by neighbors who lived up the street. Ordinary people who normally were law-abiding, but in the darkness, greed took over. Who turned out the lights of our world? Do you ever ask that question when you watch the news or scan your social media feed? when you hear about a devastating earthquake somewhere or you see the horrific war that's going on in the Ukraine right now or a shooting in the streets of Surrey or the hundreds that die of drug overdoses in Metro Vancouver every year, who turned out the lights? Or perhaps in the personal corner of your world, you might ask that same question where we find ourselves often in our own personal darkness. We struggle with the darkness of gossip and resentment. We fight off the darkness of bitterness and judgment, particularly now in our world. We fight off anxiety as our credit cards are maxed and there's more month every month than there is money. Or maybe your personal dark hidden addiction whether to food or to popularity or to drugs or alcohol or to pornography, maybe that darkness that threatens to undo everything that you hold dear. Make no mistake, we all fight a darkness inside of us, the darkness of sin. And then there's the darkness of the world around us. You know, when you see another couple that you know is breaking up and you secretly begin to wonder if it's your time might come. Your marriage. Or you're worried as you see the increasing mortgage rates and the increasing rent rates if you can find a place to rent and the gas prices going up if you happen to be able to afford a car or the food prices go up and you have to start to choose will I pay my rent or will I just eat crap dinner? It's real life. Or you feel something stra- in your body, a strange ache, a mysterious lump. A cough that just seems to not go away, but you're afraid to go to the doctor. Darkness around us. And we know there's a problem in the world around us. We know instinctively, even without someone telling us, that darkness and the power behind it is destroying families, it's destroying marriages, it's destroying cities, it's destroying hopes, it's destroying dreams and life. And it stalks and seeks to snuff out all that is good and of God. Make no mistake, there is darkness around us and it's a fruit of sin. Who turned out the lights? But more importantly, who will turn them on again? We look to government, but tell the truth. The last two years have shown us it's not the best answer for our world. Or we look to science and technology to solve the problems and they may answer some things, but they can't answer the deeper needs of our heart or the things that we lie awake at and wonder about where is my life going? What is the purpose of my life? What can I do? What's my future? Is there any hope for our family? When we look to the financial system, it's a little shaky, but we see the millionaires through the pandemic and billionaires grew and made more while the masses try to fight their way through rising food prices and lack of things that make life livable. Yet darkness seems to be winning today. Or we might look to laws. If we pass more laws, we will fix what's wrong with the opioid crisis, or maybe no laws at all. Darkness in so many spaces and places. And when the lights seemingly go out in our world, we wish for and we hope for and we might even pray for someone to find an answer to the darkness of our problems. And we look for a spotlight that could say, this is the way. Where is the light? Well, the better answer is, who is the light? John 1, in the Gospel of John, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In other words, Jesus. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing has, was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light. His light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, will not, will never overcome the light. Never. Jesus came as light into the world. The declaration of scripture is that the light of Jesus shines in the midst of darkness, not in spite of it, not fighting it, but rather Jesus himself inserting himself into the darkness of humanity, into the mess that we have made, into the sin that we struggle with, into the problems of the darkness of our world, the world around us, the world beyond us, and Jesus came into all of that mess and said, I am coming as a light into all that darkness, and I'm Showing a better way. The light of Jesus proclaims that God has not abandoned his world. He has not abandoned us to our darkness, the darkness of our sin and our hatred and our division. Thanks be to God. The light of Jesus coming proclaimed that a new day had dawned in the darkness of the world. No longer do we have to fear the darkness of death because a new light has come. And death, instead of being an endpoint, becomes a doorway into a new reality. No longer would we have to live enslaved by the dark power of our sin because the light had come. You see, though, darkness of hell did not want that light to shine. And so... Hell with all, as the story of the gospel is the hell, is hell again and again trying to snuff out the life of Jesus before the time. And they even thought that on Good Friday, they didn't know it was called Good Friday to them. Well, to them it was Good Friday, but never mind. Um, (laughs) They didn't know the end of the story. They thought that they had won the day. When Jesus said, it is finished, they said, yes, it is finished. The light has been snuffed out. Darkness has won the day. Hell is going to have its way, and we have won. But they didn't know that when Jesus said, it is finished, he was saying, the debt has been paid. The way has been made. The darkness has been defeated. Death, hell, and the grave don't have the way that what was impossible is about to become possible because it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. <laughs> Hell wanted free reign to steal and kill and destroy. By Good Friday, darkness has not triumphed. Hell has not won. The light said it is finished. The reign of darkness is over. That's what Easter's about. Addressing the darkness between who we are and who God created us to be. It calls the thing that is messing up, that that is messing us up, that's messing our families up, that's messing our relationships up, that's messing our world up. It calls that darkness sin. Most of us, if not all of us, know there's a gap between who we are, sometimes who we are out here, and who we are in here. And we know certainly that there's a gap between who we are and who God's created us to be, the perfection that God created us for. And all of us will try at various times in our life to bridge the gap by good works, try, maybe I'll be kind to the animals, maybe I'll do something about global warming or maybe I'll, I'll help an old lady across the street All of it's, none of it's bad. Because we're saying, compared to that person, I'm pretty good. And we're trying. But how good is good enough to be perfect? None of us can be. Romans 3 and 23 says that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And and, in other words, of the perfection of God. Not one person in the sound of my voice and people who are plugging their ears right now. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's perfection. Jesus is the light, and his light exposes the dark corners of our hearts that nobody sees, but we know. The things that we prefer to keep hidden, where everything is not as neat and tidy as we thought it would be, and even though we try to hide the mess in the deepest and darkest corners of our heart and our imaginations... In the most private corner of our lives, the light of Jesus has shown us that there is dirt piled up and there needs to be some cleaning. But the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, what we could not do, we could not clean ourselves up enough, we could not fix ourselves, we cannot fix our world, we cannot fix our relationships, we cannot make things right by ourselves, but thanks be to God that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the free gift of God, not earned, not earned, not because you were better than me, not because you were better than your grandparents, but because of the free gift of Jesus who went to the cross, paid your debt, and said, I paid, so I'm giving you what you could never earn by yourself as a free gift. Free gift. The punishment that we earned was death but the gift of God is eternal life. Good news. Romans 5 8 says that God demonstrates or shows his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were at our worst... Jesus was at his best. Well, we were had no way forward. Jesus walked in for us. Well, we had no ability to pay. He stepped up and said, "I've got this." When when we had no idea how to fix the mess of our heart, Jesus said, "I am the one who can wash you," as the Scripture says. Though our sins be as scarlet, or they shall be made white as snow. That's what Jesus can do, and the band can begin to come. Jesus Christ died for us. He paid for us, and the resurrection proves that God accepted the sacrifice of Jesus for you and for me, and we remind ourselves, I didn't start this thing. I couldn't fix myself. I can not make my life better. Apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. I can not make my life what it could be but Jesus. The resurrection power helps you to close the gap, to balance the scales between you and God, between the life that you are living and the life that God created you for, to be reconciled to God, to come into relationship with God, that as we said at the beginning, the Easter power that raised Jesus from the dead can live in you to defeat the sin that holds you, the sin that has been messing up your life, that has been messing up our relationships, that that's why Jesus came. Jesus is the light that could not be killed, the light that could not be entombed. Jesus is the light that defied every stone that tried to encase it, every structure that tried to snuff it out. That's the light of the world that could not be contained in any tomb. The light switch has to be activated, though. I have some plugs in my house, some switches that somebody put on the wall, but they do nothing. Good for Windsor to play with. On, off, on, off. But nothing happens because there's no power connected to it. But when power is connected to that switch, the potential of the electricity suddenly becomes realized because the gap is bridged and a switch turns on and the power makes a light, could be 100 feet from the power source, come on. But until you turn on the switch, nothing happens. The power sits there doing nothing. And that's what the reality of Jesus The darkness can be dispelled. Jesus said it this way in John 8 and 12. And Jesus spoke to you and to me saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. In other words, it's possible for you and for me to in the midst of darkness walk in light to walk out of the darkness that we once were in and to walk into the light. Though once we were darkness, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus. Where we were once children of darkness, captured by, entombed in death, Jesus, by his death, burial, and resurrection, the light of the world shines in and says, there's a new future for you. There's new possibility for you. The, the power of heaven is available to you. How do you turn on the lights? Philippians 3, well, John 8 said, whoever follows me, how do you follow Jesus? Philippians 3 says this, I want to know Christ. Christ and experience, someone say experience, the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to know him. I want to have a real relationship with him because it's only a relationship with him that I can experience the power of Jesus. The power that raised Christ from the dead can dwell in you. And me. And if you're a follower of him, he dwells in you today. How do we do that? Paul says this and he goes on to say, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. We can't have any of it, life for today or hope for eternity, without this knowing of Christ. And that's not knowing about him, it's about having a relationship and experience relationship with him. Jesus is the real light. Who turned out the lights? No, who turned on the lights? Jesus. He is forgiveness. He is hope. He is the light that guides us through the craziness of the ups and downs of life. Where sometimes we have more questions than answers. He is the light that dispels the darkness of guilt with his forgiveness. And the darkness of fear when we take our last breath. Which every one of us will do one day. He is the light of life eternal life will we turn on the light some might say i want to know christ pastor Greg. i i don't want to just know him or know about him i should say i want to know him i want to experience resurrection easter power in my life in my family and it was so beautiful this morning as we prepared for baptism and Uh, Mark shared just just a few years ago uh, where he was far from God. His life was just in a, it was in out of order in so many spaces and places. But as someone shared Jesus with him and it began a process where he experienced the reality of the love and the power of God. And God has done exceedingly abundantly above all that Mark could ever ask, think, or even imagine. His best days are still in front of him. He's maybe not where he wants to be, but he's far, far further ahead than he ever was two and a half years ago. But thanks be to God, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in Mark and is quickening him and is causing him to come alive and causing his future. And it's for every one of us thankful for God doing that in Mark's life, but why not your life? Why not my life? How do we do this? First of all, it's not a church decision. It's not religious duty. It's only one thing that can help us. is Jesus. Jesus. Every other faith has a tomb where their founder lies. We have an empty tomb because Jesus a rose he paid the price that i could not pay so that i could know and experience the power of god the love of god inside of me now you might say craig i have the light of jesus then you know what you what we're all commissioned to do if you're a follower of jesus let that light shine jesus said i'm the light of the world then he says this if you're a follower of me you're the light of the world So around us, we can say we're connected to a higher place. We can walk in darkness with the light of Jesus by doing acts of kindness, by being good to those around us, by praying for those around us, by bringing light to our workplace, by sharing our story of God at work. But maybe you, maybe you're online and you have never made a decision for Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, come in and lead my life, forgive my sin. I wanna follow you, I wanna know you, and I wanna know the power of God within me. Someone has said, doesn't matter if it's you've been walking away from God for all your life or you've wandered away, no matter how long you've gone, how far you've gone in the wrong direction, you can always turn around. You can always turn around. And you will see that the God of heaven who's rich in mercy and abounding in love, no matter how far we've gone, I wanna follow Jesus. I invite you to stand and we're gonna pray. Can you just bow your head for a moment? Just bow our head, and give privacy to the people around us. I wanna give an opportunity if you're saying for the very first time, Craig, or maybe online, you can let the host know If you're in Princeton. I need to make Jesus the forgiver and leader of my life. I need to take this step and invite the light of Jesus into the darkness of my world with every head bowed and every eye closed in the room. If that's you and you're praying that prayer today, can I just see your hand raised and I want to pray with you and for you. Say, today is my day that the light of heaven would come. If you're online, maybe your prayer, let's all pray as I pray. God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die in our place. Jesus, forgive us. If you're praying this prayer for the very first time, pray something along like this or in from your own heart. Forgive me for living my life without you. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I ask that you forgive my sin and lead my life. I thank you for the resurrection power, the light of heaven coming into every dark area of my life, that I begin a journey today that forever alters my destiny, that my history no longer controls me. Or maybe you've walked with Jesus for a long time, but you recognize that today, that you need to shine a little bit more for Him in the world around you, with the love of God, with the kindness of God, with the goodness of God, with the forgiveness of God. If you say, if you say with me, Jesus, I need more of you today, to live and shine like you just put your hand up all over the room, Where, yeah. Jesus, we acknowledge our absolute desperate need for you. We can't live like you, without you. That thank you though, that because of the resurrection, that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, dwells in every person that that names the name of Jesus, and that you who have begun a good work will be faithful to complete it. Thank you that you empower us. Thank you that you strengthen us. Thank you that you give us hope. Thank you that you lift us out of dark places. Thank you that our past does not determine our future. Thank you that our best days are in front of us, not because we have got it all figured out, but because we have one thing figured out. We know the source of our life, the source of our power, the source of our hope, the source of our strength, that that same spirit, Jesus, dwells in us. In the strong name of Jesus, amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.